At City of Hope, its innovative treatments for cancer and groundbreaking research have saved millions of lives all over the world. This is City of Hope Radio with your host, Melanie Cole. Treatment of head and neck cancer can alter patients' quality of life by changing the way they look, speak, and eat. Microvascular surgery can provide a new frontier in head and neck reconstruction. My guest today is Dr. Thomas Gernon. He's an associate clinical professor in the Department of Surgery, specializing in head and neck surgery at City of Hope. Welcome to the show, Dr. Gernon. So tell us a little bit about head and neck surgery. What's going on today? How many people are you seeing generally? What are you seeing? You know, so um, we typically see a broad range of cancers of uh, all parts of the head and neck, particularly the oral cavity, uh, which includes the tongue, uh, the 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 jawbone, um, the maxilla, which is the upper upper jaw, or the mandible, which is the lower jaw. Uh, we see a lot of cancers uh, these days related to HPV-related tumors of the tonsil and the tongue base, um, and then we see oftentimes salivary gland cancers uh, involving the parotid gland, which parotid glands, which are the major salivary glands, uh, the submandibular glands, and the sublingual glands. We also see uh, widely advanced uh, or locally advanced uh, cutaneous malignancies from uh, sun exposure as well as malignant melanoma, um, as well as uh, thyroid cancer. We have a surgeon here who is very specialized in thyroid cancer. Um, The real trends in uh, head and neck cancer these days are the HPV-related tumors Uh, As you know, some high-profile people, uh, such as Michael Douglas or George Carl, uh, they both have had uh, tonsil and tongue-based-related, HPV-related tumors. Um, So that's really where the field is kind of, uh, that's kind of the forefront of the field at this point. So this type of cancer can be especially scary for people as it does affect sometimes how they look and then speaking and eating, two of the more important things. So what symptoms, first of all? Well, let's actually back up and start with risk factors. Who's at risk for these types of cancers? So traditional head and neck cancers um, of the tons- or the tongue, the anterior tongue, I should say. So not the back of the tongue. The anterior tongue is different from the back of the tongue. Uh, so the anterior tongue, the jawbone, the, bo- under- the, the portion we call the floor of mouth, which is underneath the tongue, uh, the real true risk factors for those are uh, smoking and drinking. Um, and that, that's more of our traditional types of tumors. The, the, the incidence of those are actually decreasing, though, as people realize that smoking and drinking are not good for you. So we're seeing a decrease in those um, over years. Um, but the, the risk for HPV-related tumors, that um, is something that we all get exposed to most commonly in our teenage years. Um, and then it, the virus lies dormant in that tissue uh, and then it expresses itself most typically in males, uh, greater than more than females, uh, anywhere from 50 to 60 years of age. But you can see a, a range of ages on either side of that as well. Um, and that's why there's a lot of uh, emphasis on getting your children vaccinated, both boys and girls, against the HPV virus at this time. What symptoms should people be looking for if they are you know, concerned about or if they have any of these risk factors? So for the, the the traditional types of tumors, the tumors of the anterior tongue um, and the jaw and the floor of mouth and the upper jaw, um, typically it'll be a pretty painful uh, sore on, say, the side of the tongue or the front of the tongue um, that can cause uh, difficulty with eating uh, such that it becomes painful. 
Um, sometimes they'll have an ulcerated lesion that will bleed. Um, and they start to, if the tumor gets large enough, they may start to notice speech disturbances as well. If the tumor gets really large, they might have difficulty with swallowing. Um, th those are mainly for the tumors of the front of the tongue and then the jaw. Um, the tumors of the back of the tongue and the tonsil, oftentimes patients won't even notice they have anything going on in the tonsil or the back of the tongue. They'll just notice a neck mass, um, such as, and that is typically from a lymph node that has become involved. So they may, may, be, may be completely asymptomatic, uh, and then they'll notice, they'll go to their doctor, or they'll see somebody, and they'll randomly notice that there's a neck mass, which is a lymph node, which is very typical for that type of cancer. Um, some other symptoms those patients may have, though, if the tumor does get too big, is really some pain and then some difficulty with swallowing. So then what is the first line of defense if they get a diagnosis and then you start treatment? Because I want to make sure we get into this microvascular surgery that you sure. do. It's absolutely fascinating. So speak about treatments. It all depends on the size of the tumor at first. Um, so tumors of the anterior tongue and the jaw, uh, if they're small enough, and if it's uh, clinically indicated, you can oftentimes undergo an excision of that tumor and then just close the tissue up, and then the patient will do fine as far as their follow-up function. Now, if the tumor of the anterior tongue or jaw or the floor of mouth is too large, then if you think about it, if, if you try to just close that tissue up, then you'll have a large gap of tissue. And everything you and I are doing on the phone right now is because we're using our tongues, we're talking, we're communicating. So you need to place, in essence, a spacer uh, where that tumor was to prevent significant contraction such that the patient's uh, swallowing and, and speech will not be uh, impacted. So we can take tissue from uh, other parts of the body. So one typical place that we take the tissue is from is from the forearm, the undersurface of the forearm, with a, an associated artery and a vein. And then we can transplant that tissue to fill in the defect. And then we can hook up the artery in the vein from the arm with an artery in the vein in the neck. So it's it's literally a transplant on your own body. And the great thing about that is is one is that it's your own tissue, so you don't you don't need any type of immunosuppressant drugs. And when it heals, then the remainder of your tongue or jaw uh, will function well enough that your speech swallowing, although it may be somewhat impacted over time, the patients typically do. Uh, fairly well, and their overall cosmesis looks very well, too, from an external standpoint. We can do a lot of this through the mouth and then through an incision in the neck. Now, if the jaw is involved, um, oftentimes we uh, will take the jaw of the, there are two bones in the leg, and we'll, we are able to take the fibula bone, which is the, outlet, the, the bone on the outside, and its associated uh, blood supply and transplant that to recontour it. You can break the bone and recontour it to the, towards the shape of the normal jaw and then revascularize that tissue, and then you can rebuild the jaw and the tongue and the, the tissue as is needed. So that's really something that's been done over the past 20 to 30 years, um, but that really minimizes the impact on patients with these types of tumors that need treatment. The other real area of treatment that we're moving towards is uh, these HPV-related tumors. We're trying to figure, they all seem to respond well to treatment. So they all, um, most patients who get them do well, and they can be treated either surgically or without surgery with chemo and radiation. But standards of chemo and radiation um, that we used to treat head and neck tumors with, we're finding that these doses are oftentimes 
leaving long-term side effects with patients so they will have difficulty with swallowing, uh, difficulty with saliva production long-term down the road. So we're trying to reduce the impact of treatment. And now we're oftentimes treating these tumors if, the, if it's feasible and with use of multidisciplinary tumor boards and staging, uh, with the use of either robotics or with uh, transoral laser surgery with a laser through the mouth to remove these tumors, then decrease the subsequent therapy with radiation or chemotherapy afterwards so that the patient doesn't have long-term side effects. We talk, I, I mentioned earlier that the patients are oftentimes in their 50s, and so if you think about it, if these patients may live for quite a long time, so we're really looking at minimizing the impact of treatment on their long-term survival. So you want to decrease their, their functional morbidity in a way. And that's really where the field is moving. That's absolutely fascinating. And you mentioned vascularization and getting that blood supply. Is that ever an issue? Because you're dealing with head and neck and people think big arteries around there. And, you know, how does that work? And then can it really work to improve their quality of life? Kind of wrap definitely. it up for us. Yeah, definitely. So the, the microvascular aspect of it, so the vessels that we take out of the arm uh, or the leg, they're fairly small, three, four millimeter blood vessels. And the arteries in the head and neck are actually fairly small, the ones that we use to hook up uh, the transplant to in the neck. So we have to use a microscope. Uh, we place very small sutures under the microscope, and then we make sure that that anastomosis of the artery in the vein is patent, and we watch the flap uh, in an ICU setting oftentimes. Uh, we make sure that the flap has good blood flow. We have different ways of monitoring flaps. And these are kind of very, you know, the ways that uh, centers monitor them vary throughout the country. Um, and it's just a kind of a, a feel thing that you get used to as you as you get farther and farther out from into your practice. How cool is that? But that reconstruction, that? That, what's that? I said, how cool is that? Yeah, it's definitely um, something that really uh, improves patients' qualities of life. You know, you can re remove the majority uh, of a tongue and rebuild it with the tissue of the forearm. And six months to a year down the road, oftentimes these patients will be able to eat and drink a normal diet. Um, and over time, uh, oftentimes the tissue can start to look like normal tongue tissue from the skin of the arm will actually start to look like uh, tongue tissue. Sometimes that that's on a case-by-case -case basis, but I've seen that happen um, where that patient's four, three, four years out, you know, this is really something that's kind of in the rearview mirror as far as their their life is concerned. They come in and get checkups and they go home and, you know, they're eating, drinking, speaking, they, they have time to spend with their loved ones, and they're having pretty much normal quality of life. So Amazing. And why should they come to City of Hope for their care? Although you've given really some of the most amazing reasons, you tell the listeners. Well, you know, the City of Hope, particularly the head and neck uh, cancer uh, division, uh, we have myself, uh, my colleague, uh, Robert Kang. Uh, he uh, is also a microvascular surgeon. And then uh, Ellie Magami, uh, she uh, trained at Memorial Sloan Kettering. Uh, and we all have had excellent training in uh, head and neck cancer treatment as far as the resection and the reconstruction are concerned. But I, I think you can find that anywhere throughout the country. The important thing, though, is that we have a real strong team approach uh, where we work with our radiation and medical oncologists uh, to really come to a consensus on your treatment. We review all your films, uh, all your treatment, all your pathology reports before any decision is made about surgery at a multidisciplinary tumor board. 
we come to a consensus on what the treatment should be, and we move forward as a team uh, with that treatment. So afterwards, we all review your PATH report. Uh, we make sure that your post-surgical treatment, or even if you're not undergoing surgical treatment, that that treatment is correct to the clinical stage you have. We're also enroll, enrolled in uh, clinical trials, uh, which are at the forefront of treatment for head and neck cancer. Um, so we're really trying to push the field forward and give the best possible treatment we absolutely can. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Gernon. I certainly applaud all the great work that you're doing at City of Hope. Thanks for being with us today. You're listening to City of Hope Radio. And for more information, you can go to cityofhope.org. That's cityofhope.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.